In the third episode of our hysterectomy series, I am answering the questions that you have sent me all about hysterectomy. Hi, I'm Jessica Vallant, a physical therapist and Pilates teacher, and I'm here to bring science-based knowledge, understanding, empathy, courage, support, love, and hopefully some fun to the journeys we have with our bodies. There is hope and strength in your body, and my goal is to help you find it. Today, we are in our third episode of our hysterectomy series, and I am so excited to be answering your questions. So I put out a call on social media, and if you aren't there, you can go find me at Jessica Vallant on Instagram, and I put a call out for specific questions that you all have about hysterectomy. So those are what we're going to dive into today. And I'm so thankful to have you here. I was thinking about just hysterectomy today, about health, about how hard it can be to really get to know our bodies when we have a diagnosis or even a surgical option. That seems confusing. I saw a client today, a one-on-one client, and she is at a point she has a prolapse and she's looking at a hysterectomy surgery two weeks from now. We've done some pre-surgical consults just to help her talk through some things and get some additional information. And I was just reminded again what a hard and confusing time that can be. So I'm glad to have you here and I hope this information just can help serve you in whatever part of the journey that you are on and help you know you are definitely not alone. So we're going to dive right into the questions that you all have been asking over the past week. So I'm going to start with this one. The question was, do you feel pressure on your internal organs more than you did before the hysterectomy? And then in addition to that, I'm going to talk about the incidence of bladder prolapse and if it is higher after a hysterectomy. So first, let's talk about that idea of pressure on your organs. And I think that comes from the fact that when you do have a hysterectomy, you are having an organ removed. And that's something not to take lightly. You definitely will have a little bit of a vacuum in your abdominal cavity when that happens. And yes, gravity will take over and your body has an amazing ability to fill that space. That being said, that is not necessarily something that you are going to feel right away. You want to think of this more as it relates to how your body will react later on as time passes. So the simple answer is no, I did not feel any kind of increased pressure right away after surgery, and I have not heard that from any of the clients that I have worked with. That being said, there can easily be a feeling of increased pressure on your pelvic floor for various reasons. It could just be healing from the surgery. It could be swelling. It could be the fact that other organs were involved. If you do have a prolapse repair, such as I did, if you have a bladder sling put in at the same time, those kind of things can definitely cause swelling and issues with the pelvic floor. So Those are the things you're going to want to address no matter what, whether you feel pressure or not. I'm going to want you to see a pelvic floor physical therapist after surgery to help address some of these issues. Now, statistics do tell us that there is a higher incidence of pelvic organ prolapse in women who have had a hysterectomy, and that number goes up 
up the farther you are out from your hysterectomy. But those numbers vary greatly. They vary all the way from a 1% higher chance of a prolapse all the way up to possibly 30 or even 40% higher chance. But that is up to 30 years after a hysterectomy with many other extenuating factors involved. So it is important to keep that in mind. Basically, I want you to think of it this way. After you have a hysterectomy, your pelvic floor is simply going to need more attention for the rest of your life than someone who hasn't had a hysterectomy. And also keep in mind that one out of every two women in their life will experience some kind of pelvic organ prolapse. So that's up to 50% of women will experience a pelvic organ prolapse. That is whether you have a hysterectomy or not. So I say that simply to help eliminate some fear that you might have that having a hysterectomy is going to lead automatically to a prolapse because I don't believe that's the case. I think we need to keep it in mind and always be aware of it. I keep it in mind and it helps inform some of the choices that I make with my exercise, with my movement, and with my lifestyle, but I don't let it sit there as a fear because movement is important and vital to our lives. So it's really important to have a safe movement plan. So think of it more that again, your pelvic floor is just going to need a little bit of attention. Go see a pelvic floor physical therapist after your hysterectomy. I have quite a few videos both on YouTube and in my unlimited channel where I address some pelvic floor exercises that you can do easily at home and you can do those regularly even up to every day to help manage that pelvic floor weakness that might occur. So again, yes, you want to be aware of it. You want to understand how the body works a little bit that you can help prevent a prolapse, but I don't want it to sit with you and cause fear of movement whatsoever. You can live a very robust, healthy movement life after a hysterectomy. So the next question I got kind of relates directly to that. And the question is, how do I know whether to pull back and rest from movement or push through with the movement that I'm doing? And that is a great question. And that can really apply to any time we move, wondering when do I push through? When do I need to rest? So the first thing is always go back to whatever restrictions the doctor has given you. Hopefully they have given you some specific limitations in the first six to 10 weeks. Like I've said, my limitations were no lifting more than 10 pounds for 10 weeks. So that was my guidepost and that was an easy one to follow. I simply knew I wasn't going to lift more than that. So that's the first thing to kind of follow. The second piece is a little more nuanced, and this is where sometimes the confusion comes in because there aren't clear guidelines out there. The doctor may give you, like I said, that one specific guideline, and then after that they say, do whatever feels good. So the first thing I want you to know is that, again, unless there's extenuating circumstances, most of the time you will be allowed to do pretty much whatever you want and your normal activity at some point after a hysterectomy, if there were no other pieces involved and you had a clear-cut kind of basic hysterectomy surgery, there should be no reason to limit your movement long-term. So it's really more about getting there safely. 
From a physical therapist perspective, what I like to do with my clients and what I do with myself whenever there are restrictions involved is I want to build up slowly and gradually so that when my restrictions are lifted, I am able to do that and move into that activity seamlessly. Meaning, so here's my example. I was told again not to lift more than 10 pounds for 10 weeks. It didn't make any sense to me to not do anything for 10 weeks and then suddenly, once my restrictions were lifted, go back to doing everything I wanted to do. That made no sense from an injury prevention standpoint and from a safety standpoint. So I kind of created my own program during those 10 weeks that gradually built up strength and function. So I used resistance bands. I used everything under 10 pounds. I started to stretch a little bit and I did all that in what I knew was a safe way and I did it gradually. And that became my 10 week hysterectomy exercise program. And I'll have the link for that below. But going back to the question on how to know whether to pull back or push yourself, I think one thing is really knowing the restrictions was important to me knowing what the surgeon said. So once I was past 10 weeks and I started to wonder, okay, is this okay to do? I would answer myself actually in my head and say, yes, I was told this is safe to do. First and foremost, okay, yes, that falls in the category of I'm allowed to do that. So then the next question is, have I built up to doing that? So if it was, for example, lifting 20 pounds, I would say, you know what? No, maybe I shouldn't have done that because I haven't practiced lifting 15 pounds yet. Same thing if you want to get back to an indoor cycling class. It makes sense to do 10 minutes of indoor cycling for a few weeks, then 15 minutes for a few weeks, then 20 minutes for a few weeks. Don't jump right back into your one-hour class as soon as your restrictions are lifted. So make sure that you're building up purposefully and intentionally like that, and that will really help lead you to success. Because what I find is that when people don't do it that way and suddenly restrictions are off and they jump right into it, then they will feel that soreness and may feel some pain, which is very much to be expected. But then suddenly that pain feels scary. And that's when you ask yourself, oh shoot, maybe I shouldn't do anything. Maybe I'm getting back too soon. But you aren't actually getting back too soon. You're just simply getting back too far too fast without building up the endurance in your body again. So learning how to tell if you should rest or push through kind of that discomfort that you're talking about or that fatigue really is an individual factor. You want to learn to listen to your body, see what it's telling you. You want to look at what is going on kind of around you in that circumstance Did I get sore during the workout? Did I not get sore until two days later? Did I jump into it too fast? Did I do anything to build up to it? Ask yourself all of those things. And yes, if you come to the realization of, you know what, I think it was too much. I did that big workout three days ago, and then yesterday I did a big walk, and today I did gardening. Maybe that was just too much three days in a row. That might be the answer. You take the next day off, go back to a purposeful workout the day after that. That a lot of times is what you need as opposed to that, oh gosh, I better not do anything for a week. A lot of times it just means you did a little too much, a little too fast. So the main thing is getting to know your own body, getting to know yourself. And if you can look back and say, you know what, I have been moving safely. I've been building slowly, but 
consistently. I've been consistent with my movement. Usually you can know that you are in a safe place. One other strategy that I use for myself regularly is if I'm feeling something and I'm not quite sure what I'm feeling, I stop, I take a breath, and I literally ask myself what I'm feeling. Am I feeling something physical that I don't want to feel because it worries me? And in that case, I will just go to another activity, meaning if I'm doing a lot of squats and it feels like, gosh, my pelvic floor feels tired today. Then I'll put down the weights and I get on the mat and I finish my workout with Pilates or on the mat. There are other times that I stop and I take that breath and I say, you know what? I'm actually not feeling anything physical. I'm afraid. What I feel is my brain being afraid, which is something I get over every day. I have to kind of move through that every day because it is common to have that fear of movement after a prolapse or hysterectomy. But I ask myself, and if it's just fear, then I say, you know what? Look, you're doing something safe. You know your restrictions. You know where you are. You've built up to this. You've done this for the past three months. It's okay. And if I can talk myself to that place, then I continue going. So that's what I mean by really getting to know yourself, taking the time to ask yourself what it is you're feeling, and also just making sure that you are building strength in a very safe and purposeful way. And all of those will help give you confidence in your movement. The next question I got has to do with hysterectomy and endometriosis and whether hysterectomy is a good option for people with endometriosis. So first, I want to say this obviously is an individual case-by-case basis, Um, but also practitioners do tend to use hysterectomy as a very basic tool for people with endometriosis. I was diagnosed at the age of 25 with endometriosis, and it was kind of understood even at the beginning, that hysterectomy might be an option for me later down the line. It wasn't until I was older and dealing with some other issues that I really started asking questions around that and doing my own research around endometriosis and hysterectomy. So one thing to know is hysterectomy does not cure endometriosis. Nothing cures endometriosis. It is something that we learn to manage because hysterectomy obviously will remove your uterus, but you will still have much of the scar tissue that has been built up over time. That is what has happened to me. I have scar tissue all over my intestines, all over my stomach. As much of that was removed as possible, but it is still there. So having a hysterectomy didn't take that away. The other piece is that I kept one ovary. And something to know is as long as you are cycling, as long as you are premenopausal and you are still cycling, then you will have endometriosis symptoms. And that's where I am. And luckily that was laid out very clearly for me. I made an educational choice and very informed choice for myself. I knew that going in. And I can say that having one ovary removed and a hysterectomy has helped my endometriosis symptoms quite a bit, but it has not eliminated them. I still cycle every other month. I still have pain. I still have endometriosis flares. So I personally would say if you are looking at a hysterectomy for endometriosis, ask questions. Ask your surgeon or your doctor why that that is recommended. Ask them what their intentions are, meaning what they want to remove, what your aftercare looks like, what the long-term kind of protocol is for it. Ask a lot of questions so that you can make the most informed choice possible if you have that kind of case. 
The next question involves whether you still cycle after a hysterectomy, and that kind of plays on what I just talked about. So if you have both ovaries removed, you will wake up from surgery in menopause. You will not cycle anymore. If you have one, even one ovary left, both ovaries or one ovary left after surgery, and you are premenopausal, then you will still cycle. You can still ovulate from just one ovary. So you won't have a period anymore. So I don't have a period anymore, but I do still cycle. I ovulate every other month. I still have hormones in the same kind of pattern that they were when I had a period. All of that actually remains the same. So I still get cramps. I still have headaches. I still have some of my PMS symptoms, but I simply don't have a period. And I, at this point, am perimenopausal. So once I go through menopause, I will not cycle anymore as well. The next two questions go hand in hand. So I'm going to deal with both of them together. One concerns if weight gain is a common occurrence after a hysterectomy. And the other one has to do with bloating that can happen after surgery. So with weight gain, I want to look at it first off from actually just a surgical perspective when it comes to any kind of surgery, because when you look at it this way, absolutely weight gain could happen. You have a body that is most likely in inflammation and is in a lot of healing after surgery. You are going to be not as active after surgery. Your hormones may change. Your diet may change. Your medication may change. A lot of things go into whether you gain or lose weight and every single individual is different. So there is really no way to say yes or no, you will or won't with weight gain, but also just understand from a surgical perspective, you have had a major occurrence in your body. Your body will have inflammation. It will be getting rid of the anesthesia for a while. So I think it's really important to take that in stride and really know that it is the healing piece that is the absolute most important. Try not to worry about at all what the scale says. Like put that scale away, put it in the trash if you have to. Your only job after surgery is to heal. Heal and gain confidence in yourself and your body again in how you move, how you live, how you function. That is the most important thing. Then months later, once you're past that healing phase, once you're feeling good and like yourself and you feel strong again, if you are not happy with how your body's responding, then you can address it at that point and look at different options that may be happening. Like we've talked about, there could be hormone imbalances that have happened after surgery. So you can work with a specialist in that area. There's lots of different things you can look at, but make sure in those months after surgery that your focus is on healing healing and that you really don't worry about the scale whatsoever. So the question about lower belly bloating really falls into that kind of same idea that your body will be in inflammation for a while. You have to remember you are literally pumped full of gas in your abdomen during a hysterectomy so they can see what they're doing. That remains for a week or two. Your body is going to be completely different as it tries to heal and as it decreases that inflammation. So don't worry about anything during that time except taking care of yourself and really healing your body. Then later on, you can again address kind of some of those other issues that may be bothering you. 
overall, I can't say there's any medical reason that you would have long-term bloating or long-term weight gain during or after a hysterectomy itself. Like that specific surgery anatomically and physiologically wouldn't lead to those things necessarily. But you can look at all those other issues that come along with any kind of surgery and address those later on once you've gotten through your healing phase. The next question comes from someone wondering if you will feel normal again after surgery. And she says that in quotes, the word normal. She said, doctors say you'll get back to normal. Have you noticed difference in things such as ovulation, bladder pressure, etc.? And I think this is a great question and it comes back to what I've talked about in the first and second episodes of this hysterectomy series. Because one of the most important things to me to get across to people is expectations. I want to set your expectations correctly because I think that will lead you to feeling much more empowered in your body and in healing. So when surgeons do say, oh, it's just a hysterectomy, it's no big deal. You'll feel great in two weeks. You'll be back to normal in no time. I think that that doesn't paint the whole picture. Yes, you will feel great eventually. Yes, you will absolutely be strong and confident. You'll have all of that back eventually, but it doesn't happen in two weeks. It just doesn't with any kind of surgery. So yes, at this point, I do feel normal, whatever that means, normal in quotes. And when I say normal, I would say I feel ownership and autonomy over my body. I feel empowered to make my own safe decisions. I feel like I can hear and listen and interpret what my body is telling me. I feel like I can modify as needed. I can stay safe and I can feel really strong and have fun with my workouts and lift my five-year-old son when he still wants me to. That's what normal feels like to me. So going down to the basics of that question though, I think it's really great to ask, have you noticed a difference in ovulation? I haven't necessarily, but again, you want to take that with a grain of salt because I only ovulate every other month because I only have one ovary. And when you don't have a period, you kind of don't know necessarily all the time what your cycle is. So I wouldn't say that you feel normal again because it will be different. You may have a period after, you may not. You may wake up with your ovaries, you may not. It depends on you and the surgery and the procedure that you have done. So... If you are looking to get back to exactly how you were before, I would say no. But that's kind of the point, right? We're having this surgery so that we feel better. So a big piece of it is just simply learning and again, feeling empowered in the body that you have coming out of surgery. So ovulation, again, it'll depend on if you have an ovary or not when you wake up. But I have not noticed a difference necessarily in my length of cycle, Um, When it comes to bladder pressure, that's a great question because, again, that will get back eventually, but it takes a little bit of time because the bladder is fairly reactive, so it can be easily aggravated. But again, that is kind of a part of something simply to expect after surgery. It might take a couple weeks for you to feel that normal feeling with urination or to not feel like you have to go a lot during the day, but those things do 
tend to work themselves out and calm themselves down. So that's why if you go back and listen to the previous episodes, I talk about giving yourself a week before you feel even human again, giving yourself four weeks before things just start to feel normal. Like, yeah, I can go up and down the stairs really easily on and off the toilet. Like I don't think about it all the time during the day. I can make my own meals. My energy feels pretty good. And then after that, it can take up to six months for all the anesthesia to be gone out of your body, for you to be a full movement program again, for you to have all of your energy back. It can take that long, but it will come. It absolutely will come, but it takes a little time. So I don't want anyone to think that one week down and then you're ready to go and back to everything. Nope, it takes a little time, but it's worth every step of the way in order to feel empowered and strong again in your body. The final question that I want to address is one I get sometimes that involves how do you know when you're ready to have surgery or how do you know when it's time? And to be honest, I don't know if you ever really do 100%. This is one of those surgeries that usually is simply up to you to decide occasionally it is a medically necessary procedure and in those cases absolutely you have to follow the surgeon's recommendations and go through it most of the time with hysterectomy it's something that only you can decide for yourself i don't want you to sit and wait necessarily until you feel a hundred percent sure and excited because i have had four major surgeries and i've never gotten to that point I've never felt really excited about having surgery. There are always a few questions left. There are always a few what ifs left, but I can tell you this. I take the time I need to beforehand to make the decisions, to go through all the questions that we've talked about, to get myself to the absolute best place so that when I do wake up from surgery, I am ready to put that next foot forward. I know my expectations. If something confusing or unknown has happened, if something unexpected happens, I can still put one foot forward because I have all the information that I need. I know how to ask my doctor questions. I know how to advocate for myself and I can move forward in that power and in that knowledge. And I think that's the best place to be is just knowing that you are in charge of this. You can ask your questions You are not alone and you can move forward to a place of feeling amazing again, maybe even better than you did before. That would be the ultimate goal and I do absolutely believe that you can get there. Thank you so much for being here and joining me for this series. As always, I will leave resources below specific to hysterectomy and guidance there. And I do truly wish you the absolute best on your hysterectomy journey. And I will talk to you soon. As always, thank you so much for stopping by today. If you have a moment, please rate and review this podcast as it helps us out tremendously. For more workouts and resources, you can come over to my website, my YouTube channel, or join my unlimited community. Links for those are below.